0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: everybody, it's your boy Francis Carlotta and episode 41 of the Up and Under podcast. Today is Saturday, April 22nd, 2022. It's a little past 9am pacific time and that means we are very lucky to have tons of first round NBA playoff basketball games ahead of us and what a first round it's been. We've gotten buzzer beaters, monumental comebacks, an overtime thriller, and some potential upsets brewing, maybe, possibly. But to discuss all that has gone on so far and to preview what's to come in each playoff series, I'm joined by two wonderful people. And while one of them is not Grant Heckinger, because Grant's not here today, yeah. those two you. people, yeah, peace. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> those two people are the man, the myth, Connor Byrne, and the host of the Competitive Hedge podcast, fellow writer and content producer for Off the Ball Network, the legend. Kenneth Carterl, how you doing Kenneth? Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Legend is a loose term that we're going to use here today. <laughs> but uh, I do appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a really exciting playoffs as you said and excited to chat some hoops today.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Connor, how you doing, man?
2: Yeah. I'm doing well, Francis. <laughs> did you, you
1: like Did you like how I maybe psyched you out with the man the myth the legend thing that you're just you're just the man in the myth? Just the myth? Yeah, you're just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's all you are. We're not. We're not at the Legends status yet. That's, but you are that's two fine of these with, things.
2: That's that's fine with me. I, re, I like to operate in the shadows. So uh,
1: that um. again, another on-brand Connor comment uh, on, <laughs> on another episode of this podcast. But let's just get into it. Let's get into the first round of the NBA playoffs, and I'm thinking we'll just go in order by conference. So let's start in the Eastern Conference, and let's start with the one versus eight matchup. And well, last night that was a pretty fun game. Trey Young hit a hit a not a buzzer beater, but a game winner, hit a floater over, I think it was Jimmy, who basically did like a just did verticality. He just jumped as high as he possibly could with his two hands in the air. Trey floated it over Jimmy Butler and hit the game winning shot. That was a fantastic game. I, I want to ask y'all though, more so heat specific questions. Uh do y'all think there's anything the Miami Heat can do to convince you all that they are the true favorites to come out the East? Or do you already believe that? What what,
0: what do y'all think?
2: Yeah, we're going to have our guests go first here. Um,
0: yeah, go ahead. This is a weird team for me because I feel like when I look at who a contender is, I like them to have, like, a top 10 player in the league. And I don't think Miami has that, but what they do have is a lot of all-star to fringe all-star caliber guys And I think it's it's just like a battle of attrition that they have against a lot of these other teams, because whether it's Jimmy, who had 40 plus just a game ago, whether it's Bam, who was a defensive player of the year candidate despite missing some time. The big thing that I think hurts them is the fact that they lost Lowry yesterday with the hamstring issue, Mm. which hamstrings aren't something that's going to get fixed right away and he yeah, they that, brought him in no for joke. a reason like he's he's a solid defensive guy i think they brought him in to bridge the gap for when hero starts to ascend and we already started started to see that this year including last night i think he had like 27 last night like he had a he had a good game so it's tough for me to have them as the favorites but i do think that whoever gets them in the next round that's going to be mm-hmm. an absolute battle for them it's likely going to end up being philly and that's if Miami ends up closing this out, but I can't have them as the favorites just because I don't. It's pretty think they
2: polite have of you to say it's going to be likely Philly and not like it's going to be Philly. You're giving the Raptors a chance. No. It?
0: <laughs> the thing is, I take so much crap for not liking the Raptors up here that you know I got I got uh, I yeah. got to watch what I say sometimes. But like, I, I don't like this matchup for Toronto at all. I think it's ugly. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I total aside, but you'll see Nick Nurse's comment. I think it was yesterday where he said. Uh, three o or something. I'm gonna butcher the quote, but it's like three o has obviously never been done before. But three one has been done before. And if we win one game, it's now three one. And so he's trying to play it down the fact that he's, I like that they're actually. losing. Yeah, I've he's trying heard, to play it yeah. down. I've never heard it put that way, but you know that's yeah. I do like that. He tried to tried to phrase it as some sort of a positive. But anyway, uh, back to the heat, Connor. What do you think?
2: Uh, the original question is: Do I, is there anything they can do to make me think that they're Contender in this series because of the series and yeah. no, which is not a thing against the Heat. It's just the whole point of becoming a one seed is that you get to play a bad team in playing an eight seed. So uh they should win this series. They should win fairly easily. Maybe lose a game or two just because weird things can happen in the playoffs or in any one basketball game. But which they have, um, you know, yeah, which we have now lots of game. But no, there's nothing the Heat can do. I think, to impress us to the fact that, oh, wow, now they're going to go beat the Celtics or the Sixers or the Bucks or, you know, somehow if the Nets come back, which, you know, obviously won't happen. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, no, there's nothing that he can do right now. So just move on to most of the playoffs, though. this The whole point of the first round for the good teams is just to not get hurt. So,
1: yeah. Which yeah. unfortunately, Kyle Lowry is now hurt. There's nothing about a timetable, right? I mean, it happened yesterday, so I'm assuming no.
2: I I haven't seen. I don't think yet. it's a
0: timetable thing. It's just worrisome because it's a hamstring, like because that that's okay. just gonna nag him. Like even if he came back and he played the next game, like it's clearly enough where it took him out.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I guess for me, I I echo really what both of y'all have said. I've the the Heat are such a. They're in such an odd place because they were the one seed in the Eastern Conference. And, obviously, one of our good friends, Mo, is a big Heat fan, Kenneth. And he'll he'll probably push back pretty hard on this. But the Heat feel more like the, the Detroit Pistons team that beat the Lakers back in, I'm forgetting the year, 2004. Yeah, 2004. They remind me of that team. They don't have that genuine top 10 superstar level guy, but just a bunch of really good basketball players who know how to play hard. Play defense and play together, and can that win a championship? Yeah, it's possible. You know, it's possible, but the history of the NBA, the track record of NBA champions suggests otherwise. That it's you need to have that bona fide top ten, probably even top five guy to win a championship. And without that guy on your team, it's going to be very difficult to win an NBA title. And can Jimmy Butler find that form that he had in the bubble where? He carried the, that Miami Heat team that was, I think, the fifth seed in the East, fourth or fifth, to the NBA Finals because Jimmy looked like a top-ten guy in the NBA. Can he do that again? I'm not going to bet on that. I would not bet that he would be able to do that again. And I think that's how a lot of NBA fans feel regardless of what happens this series. So pretty, I think
2: they pretty tough on a guy who just scored forty-five points. Exactly. Ago.
1: I know. I know. But I, 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 would still bet that he wouldn't be able to do that or put up, you know, twenty-eight points a game on a consistent basis. J- J- Jimmy shows flash,
0: flashes of being top ten. Like he'll give you a game or two right. in a series where you're like, "Wow, Jimmy is so good," and then the next game he'll have like seventeen and five, and you're like, "He played okay, right. but he wasn't. He wasn't top 10.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And, and and I think that is the. The biggest thing for me when not fully putting my stock in the, in the Miami Heat to be the, the true favorites but I think you know if, if they they'll next round they'll play Philly and if they beat Philly then that'll show a lot more to me than them beating the Hawks in terms of thinking that they can actually make it out the Eastern Conference so uh that's 2-1 right now Miami I'm assuming Kenneth you and Connor are going to pick the Heat to still win this series
0: yeah, I had Miami in five. I still believe it's going to be five. I think Atlanta got their game, and I think Miami goes and they win game four, close it out at home. Connor, you agree?
2: Uh, I'll still go. My original prediction of Heat in six, I'll still go with that. I'll say we have one more Hawks okay. game where everything clicks on offense, and but otherwise Heat have it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll... the I think the I think the game the Hawks win. Another the other one is gonna be a, a real close one, and then the ones that the Heat win are gonna be pretty easy. Pretty
1: yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go more with Kenneth that I think Heat in five, but either way Heat in six Heat in five doesn't matter too much at the end of the day. They should still win this series. So yeah. All right. So let's move on to the two versus seven in the Eastern Conference, the Connor's beloved <clears throat> beloved Boston Celtics. And the Brooklyn Nets, the 7th seed, right now it is 2-0 Boston with some pretty big injury news that, that has just broken in the past day or two with Robert Williams likely to be back uh, very soon, if not for Game 3. And if he plays, he'll probably be on a minutes restriction, but that's still big to have him back after I th- I think was a, a meniscus tear. Like That's pretty insane that he's back from that super fast. And then Ben Simmons is likely to play in Game 4, why he doesn't play game three? I I have no idea, uh, but he's likely to play. You game believe that four? report? I don't that believe he, that report that he's going to play game four. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, you don't believe it? I don't.
2: No, no, I, don't I
1: know. mean, either way,
2: I have it, no basis. I just I just don't understand how he could. Like he's not even doing real drills yet or playing real five on fives yet, right? So how how is he going to come into an NBA playoff game all of a sudden versus the most like hard pressed defense NBA seen in years? Doesn't make any sense.
1: That hey man, you're asking the million dollar question, but. That's what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to play him, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. But this series is, is awesome. It's been fantastic from start to finish, Games 1 and Game 2. Uh, I'm actually going to flip this and just have you all start with predictions because I think that's really what people want to hear from you all. Uh, and, Kent, you started last time, so, Connor, I'll start I'll start with you for your prediction. I know you're going to pick the Celtics, but Celtics in how many games, Connor?
2: Yeah, so my original prediction for this series was Celtics in six. Last time we talked on Wednesday, I said Celtics in five, and I'm now going Celtics in four. So Celtics <laughs>
0: eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Any
2: questions?
1: <laughs> yes, I have a lot. Uh, could you explain why?
2: <laughs> well, um, I mean, what do you need me to say? The Celtics, the Celtics have been the better team, and I <clears throat> I think they're just going to keep getting better now. Robert Williams is back. There's going to be better version of what they've already been. Tatum and Brown didn't even score well. Brown played well in the fourth quarter last game, but um, they didn't have their star players play that well last game. They still won. And I just – you know, obviously there's a thing of like, well, Katie's going to turn on at some point, and he obviously will, but the Celtics are making it incredibly tough on him. So if he continues to have – him and Kyrie continue not to be great – Um, Efficient scorers, like you would hope the Nets to be, I just don't see the Nets winning games here. So, um, yeah, Celtics and four. And I don't. I also if Celtics win today, do you see the Nets getting a game after that?
0: I don't. Oh goodness! Like, yeah, but like to to me, the the question then
2: becomes: Do the Celtics win or lose tonight?
0: the, The series, I think, boils down to today's game, and and I think if for whatever reason Celtics win today, I don't think Simmons plays game four either. Like I think, I th- yeah, I think yeah. they say I think, so say, that no I think I feel they that. say we, screw yeah. it. We're just we're sitting them. Um, if we get swept, whatever. If we win this game, Boston will close it out in five, and then they'll move on. My original prediction was Nets in seven because I thought this was going to be a much better series. But you can't blow two games like that because they they had a chance to win both games, especially game two. As you said, that Boston defense has been incredible. I was not a believer in Boston heading into the playoffs but I think it's more so i felt like Katie and Kyrie were just going to be special and they really haven't. And it's because that defense has been so good. I'm going to, I would say now Boston in six, like, like I think they're going to find a way to win today. Like it was a part of my betting card. So I really hope they win today, but, <laughs> but, and then I see them winning maybe four, but then Boston's going to turn it on at that point and close it out in six. I just don't see a scenario where they're coming back from two Oh now.
1: Yeah, I I <laughs> I I love Connor's brashness with teams that he supports. Like there, it's he's he's, <laughs> he's if he supports a team, he is all in, and I appreciate that. He's there's no hedging, there's no nothing. He's <laughs> like, I'm fully committed. This team will win. No questions asked. Blah, whatever. I I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I think uh, I'm gonna go in the middle of y'all. I'm actually gonna go Celtics in five. I think I think Brooklyn wins tonight, and. They, and I think Ben Simmons then plays game four. But unfortunately, this might be me being a pessimist. I think it's just going to be a horrible experience to even see Ben Simmons on the floor after all this time off in, in playoff basketball. Do I think he plays? Yes. But do I think it goes well? That's a totally different question. And my answer to that is no. I do not think it goes well. Because as you said, Connor, you're throwing a guy who hasn't played basketball in basically a year who hasn't really even done drills cuz he had a, he's had a legitimate back issue into a, against up a, into a playoff series against arguably if not the best defense in the NBA and it's the, it's even a question what is what's his fit going to look like on the mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nets. I like the fit like moving forward like going into next year once they have a training camp, once they have time to build the chemistry, but right now I, I, I hate the fit right now. Like, what what are we expecting from him? I think he's so a distraction. I think he plays.
0: I, I think if if, Maybe. if he goes out and plays, I think they're playing him ten to fifteen minutes, and he gets played off the floor, because he's yeah. going to provide nothing on offense. If anything, he's going to make it more difficult for Katie and Kyrie to score offensively. Yeah. And they keep talking about his defense. Well. You haven't played defense in a year, and, and I know that like defense yeah. isn't something where like you need to get in a rhythm, like shooting wise. Like if you understand your rotations, then you should be all right. But I just I think he's gonna get played off the floor entirely.
2: But but you definitely have to be in like uh, yeah, and that's the other thing. Like it's such a grind. Yeah. yeah.
0: And he's had back issues. Yeah, I, so like, what's that gonna look like yeah. when you have? Tatum For just real. smashing into you because that's likely who he's going to be trying to cover. Yeah. Like Tatum's going to make his life a living hell because he's been that good.
2: Yeah. Every possession he's going to get, every rebound opportunity he's going to get an elbow in the back every, and then also <laughs> if he's in the game and he's there in the se- he's in the game in the second half. I see no reason why the Celtics aren't intentionally fouling him saying, yeah. all right, let's see what you got. We used to take a year off of basketball because of this. Let's see if you can get on a free throw line. That's right true. Now. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I yeah, I just don't see it. I don't know why. Um, all of a sudden you would throw a guy in who hasn't played basketball in a year in the most important game of, the, of their season. It feels, it'll feels it feel like a
1: sideshow, I get, kind of like what Kenneth was saying. It'll be a distraction. It'll feel like a sideshow. And I promise you, when, because I think, again, I think he plays game four, especially if Brooklyn wins. Then when he plays, all the questions will be about Ben Simmons. Regardless of the Nets win or lose game four, all the questions will be about Ben. And that'll just be a massive distraction, as, as you said, Kenneth, to the team, so do I, I. Really think Boston wins this series in five. They take today, they take game three, lose game four, lose game five. So that that's where I'm at. Um, uh, anything so, else on this series? Uh, the,
2: only thing I want to say is I don't. I think it'll be a sideshow and distraction for fans and media. But if you're in the Nets team, I think if you're a play, NBA player you're in the playoffs. I, is anything really a distraction? Like I feel like you're probably just so locked into everything you're doing that I don't know if they, do you think these guys really get distracted? I think so, games? man.
1: I think it depends on the player because not ev- not every player has the same mentality on, on, on the roster. So some people might be more locked in, be able to tune things out than others. And I feel like more often than not, it's human nature to get distracted by something that everyone's talking about. So yeah, I, I do think it it would be a distraction to even NBA players because not everyone has the same mentality.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know if I really believe it. I think just once that ball is thrown up for the opening tip, it's you know people are just playing basketball and that's all they're doing. And the
0: other thing too is it's not like Ben's been getting time in on in five and five sets either. So like you're gonna throw him in on offense and like he's just gonna know where he's supposed to be like spacing wise and everything. Like it's a nightmare to like I think it's gonna be an absolute nightmare to watch, especially on the offensive side with Ben out there. They keep talking about him facilitating, but it's like well, is he even going to know, like, which spots to pick and everything? Like, I just don't see it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, My one closing statement here, Francis, on this series is, I hope Rob Williams tonight... Swats a Bruce Brown floater <laughs> so hard that the ball evaporates, and Bruce Brown never tries to play basketball again.
0: I can't stand
2: like this guy's. No, I respect. I respect what he's doing, but it's so annoying to see him against your team. Like get rebounds, these little floaters. Like get this guy off the court. <laughs> get him out of here. So I so I hope Williams puts an end to this. But no, I respect him. I would love him if he was on my team.
1: I was gonna say that. I was like Carter. I feel like yeah. Bruce Brown is your guy. That's that's someone yeah. you would love to have actually, but. All right, all right, so let's move on to the next series, and the next series is three versus six, Milwaukee versus the Chicago Bulls. Uh, in the write-up that I sent to y'all, I kind of hinted at how things have changed, right? I literally said that in the write-up, but after game three, and the Bucks just annihilated the Bulls, and the Bulls' offense looked just pathetic, just, <laughs> it looked really bad, have things changed is it still bucks in like six or five or six or do you all think the bulls have a chance to make this uh to pull off the upset with no chris middleton for the rest of this series uh connor what do you think
2: i definitely i still think this is a five or six game i don't think there's any chance the bucks let this get to a point where it's a do or die game uh game seven sort of thing so Mm -hmm. uh yeah no, I mean, they, <laughs> every game is unique, so you never want to put too much stake into it. But last night's 30-point win was a bit of a, hey, we're still the Bucs. We're still the reigning champs, even with uh, Middleton. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm not worried about this for the Bucks. I am worried about them for next series right. without Middleton probably being there for at least the beginning. Yeah, um, But no, not right now.
1: Kenneth, do you concur?
0: I, I really badly want to give the Bulls a chance, but, like, The way that I look at it is, like, last night, Levine and DeRozan combined for 26 points. That's the worst that they could possibly do. But then I look on the other side, and I'm like, Giannis only had 18, and they won by 30. So I'm like, do they really have a chance? Like, we're not going to have another Grayson Allen, 22 points, or, like, Bobby Portis with, like, an 18 and 16 or anything, but... Giannis yeah. didn't yeah. play to Giannis' capability, and they still blew them out by thirty. And that's where I struggle. I've got a Bucks future bet at six to one odds to win the title, so I'm obviously hopeful for them. But I just—you've
2: right, right. mentioned a couple of bets now. Sports gambling legal and? Uh, gambling. Oh yeah,
0: it's legal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So okay, does it matter by province? It does
0: no? matter by province. They they kind of dictate it uh, as they feel some provinces are more on board than others. But <laughs> but I just this Chicago team is so frustrating because you want them to do well because they were such a great story early on and then they got the Bucks in the first yep. round and I feel like you give them yep. even like a Miami or somebody I feel like we could have like a pretty exciting series back and forth like Miami still wins but Chicago's just missing that top 10 guy that we were talking about at the start and pretty much all the teams that are better than them in the Eastern Conference have one of those guys so I still think it's going to be a 5 or 6-gamer, um, even without Middleton. It's the next series, as Connor said, that you're worried about. Yeah, I,
1: I can't... Again, I, I have nothing else really to add. <laughs> I fully echo what you all said. It's I was so happy for Bulls fans for the first two-thirds of the season because they've had nothing to cheer about for, what, like five years? Like <laughs> They've just been... A meh, a blah franchise. And now they finally had something to cheer about. And I was very happy for them. And that last third of the year, as Connor and I, we've talked about, and sure, Kenneth, you've talked about for for a while, has just been really bad for the Bulls. DeMar DeRozan's efficiency went down. Their defensive, overall defensive and offensive efficiency went down. And they just lost so many games. They went from being first in the East to now being sixth. And it's, it's been a very disappointing close to the year. Now they get to play Milwaukee. Congratulations. like Good for you. You get to lose to Milwaukee well, in like
0: five I, or wasn't six Wasn't their games.
2: record versus top four seeds, one in 16? Yeah, that they, was they it was, can't beat good one
0: teams. Is... That, that, that's why I yeah, had yeah, them as in five at the start, because yeah, they might get one, which I think they did, but even without Middleton, like yeah. it's just it's such a bad matchup. Like Vucevic hates playing defense, and now he gets Giannis. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you can look at his numbers last night and be like, he was all right. Like he had like I think it was like 19 points or 17 points or something. But like defensively, he's just he doesn't have any interest. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'll I'll start off with predictions and close out this series. I, I'm Milwaukee in five. Yeah, Milwaukee in five. Milwaukee in five. Same. Yeah, yeah, same. All right, so we seem to agree wholeheartedly on that full series. Let's move on to the last matchup in the Eastern Conference. That's the 4-5 series, Philadelphia versus the Toronto Raptors. I think we can just congratulate the Philadelphia 76ers on making it to the next round. To be fair, though, Game 2 was great. Or Game 2, Game 3, three. was great. That was a fantastic basketball game that... that play where James Harden or not James Harden Joel Embiid hit that three to basically win the game I'm not basically did you to watch the game did you watch awesome. that
2: fourth quarter in overtime
1: yeah yeah it was. you did it was fantastic yeah okay
2: so he, th- this is what I think is getting lost now in the narrative is uh there's a lot of praise and rightfully for Joel Embiid for that was a great shot he took but a lot of you know praise for the 76ers for that game they were so awful in late-game execution <laughs> in that game. They just got they got lucky that the, the Raptors forgot, like, for some reason, stopped uh, guarding the inbounds passer, so yeah. B gets an open look at the end. But they had some of the worst-run sets, and Embiid's getting the ball th- <laughs> you know so far away from the basket without a chance to back down. He's, I mean, the only reason they even have that shot is because they didn't do anything, and then luckily got that timeout with .9 seconds right. to go. Yeah. Uh, the, the the Raptors missed free throws and the regulation, and I thought that was so horrifically done by the 76ers Doc, to close out that Doc game Rivers, but I didn't think baby. they had any right to win it but then but then you look at the Raptors like they clearly didn't have a right to win that game either so um, <laughs> yeah good for the Sixers great shot by Embiid he played great but the uh, no I, that game made me just feel worse about the 76ers going forward honestly
1: yeah I, it's, it is late game Doc Rivers that is becoming a legitimate issue <laughs> for his coaching career he's not a great clutch time coach and it's being proven over and over again, uh, as you said, Connor. Like th- for them to get a timeout at the la- for with point nine left was so lucky. Like it was so lucky they got that timeout. And Toronto, I saw J.J. Redick break down that last play, and he was saying how the where Toronto messed up was not necessarily that they had Fred vanfleet close out on Joel Embiid. It was that uh, I think it was Achua or Gary Trent. I can't Gary remember actually, but they didn't fight Gary Trent didn't fight over that screen properly and not allow show LMB to get up just a totally clean look when he came over when he came over that screen um but yeah that I agree Connor that I feel worse about the Sixers than I did especially when the trade happened and I want to ask you all do you all have concerns about James Harden Kenneth I'd love to hear your thoughts man because James doesn't look the same to me like something feels off about him I want to know what you think
0: so I'm just curious what did you guys have this series at Like prediction wise, before it started,
2: sixers Sixers and six.
0: six. Yeah,
1: but before this series started, I had sixers and seven. I thought Scotty Barnes being in there would create and 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 um Toronto's versatility on defense could I think give it could could give issues to the sixers. So, but I still had them winning the series, they had the the two best players, but well, well, the best player, then arguably, maybe the second best player. Um, they have but, the two yeah. best players. James well, I mean, Harden's no. Than... No, but like I think, no, I don't know about that, man. It's a legitimate question if the James Harden we're looking at right now is truly the second best player in that series. Like, I, I have legitimate concerns about him. He's still a great passer, of course, but offensively in terms of scoring, he doesn't. he's not the same guy. He, he's not a good defender. So, yeah, he's a great passer. He'll, he'll still put up, um, like, 10 assists a game, but then points-wise he'll average, like, 19, 20. Like, he's not, he's not the same Harden that can go out there and put up 30 a game. He's just not that guy. And that's why I felt like if somehow Pascal Siakam became the second best player in that series, then I thought the Raptors had a chance. Because Harden, to me, there looks to be something off. Uh, but I, I want to hear what, what y'all think.
0: So I had Sixers and Six as well. Um, I don't know if it's just me, because being up here, like everyone talks about the Raptors and how like good the Raptors were heading in. And I saw a lot of Raptors and six or seven type deal. I just thought that it was a terrible matchup for them. Like they, they don't really have anyone that can cover and beat on this team. Boucher, Achua, like, like these guys aren't guys that you want covering the runner up for MVP, in my opinion. But yeah, Harden, I feel like, I feel like we think that he's taking a step back because he's not scoring as much. But I think he doesn't need to score as much just the way Philly is built. I do think that he's not the same player when he was an MVP. But I think the role that yeah. he now has, because they want Maxi to go on offense. And they want him to go and get, like, 18 to 20 points. And they want... Tobias to get his touches and I think he's just playing a good facilitator role for them I would like to see him attack a little bit more and, and kind of keep the defenses honest because it feels like Toronto's just keeping him out on the perimeter and you know when he does drive in he's getting foul calls but I think his role has kind of changed from what he needed to be in in a situation like Houston because in Houston he had to be the scorer, he had to be the facilitator, he had to do all of it, and I think now he doesn't have to, and he can dump it into Embiid and get these other guys going, and I think that's what Philly's strength is. But what hurts them is obviously that Doc Rivers can't coach down the stretch. So (laughs) so the fact that the Sixers are probably going to win in four or five, they'll have some rest, but then they're going to have to take on a team like Miami – Who also doesn't look great down the stretch sometimes in games so like I feel like it's just going to come down to the end of the game execution because both these teams can score Miami's the better defensive team but this Sixers team I don't know what to make of them because they're playing Toronto and I feel like I feel like Toronto is the worst team in the playoffs in the East like I actually liked Atlanta coming into the playoffs more than I liked Toronto personally. They might be on par with Chicago, but to me that they're getting the best matchup that they possibly could have. So am I thinking that like a lot of people say, well, the Sixers just won in four or five, but they also didn't play an amazing basketball team. So I just don't know what to make of them moving forward.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree on that part. And well, what one thing is interesting is actually relating back to the Harden stuff. Harden was the team's, uh, final two minute offense until he final until he fouled out. Like in the close game, Harden was their guy like let's just give the ball to Harden. And if that's a benefit to Harden, if it's a thing about their coaching, if it's a thing about they just feel like they can't get the ball to beat or what, but Harden was their guy, like you go figure things out. And he was the one had a had a layup and then went to the free throw line and then fouled out. But um it's gonna be interesting going forward for next series when they actually have close games is, is Harden still there. The final two minutes, Harden, you make all the choices here, or if uh if it get changed up. So
1: yeah, and I I like that. I think what both you all have said has have, have kind of swayed me more off of the anti-Harden sentiment because yes, he's older. He doesn't have that step, but now he has another guy who can take that load off of James Harden that he's had to carry for the past like what ten years. Uh, and I think that was also what he envisioned joining up with Kyrie and KD was that ability to take kind of take a step back. Uh, and, and take off some a lot of that load that he's had for a long time, and now he can do that with Joel Embiid, and it allows him to have energy down the stretch to, like you said, Connor, be that guy. Uh, I just, I just still think if the Sixers are going to win an NBA title, Harden has to be closer to, closer to peak James Harden than what he is now. I, I just believe that if they're going to win an NBA title, uh, if they're going to get past the, the Raptors, they don't need James Harden to be. <laughs> Close to that peak. That that he'll that they'll be fine. Obviously, as they are now, but I I still believe that even with taking into account what y'all said and they're very fair points, I still think Harden has to be closer to that peak MVP Harden to help propel the Sixers to to an NBA title. So I guess that's just where I'm at there.
0: And and Um, give credit to the Raptors for getting to where they're at because. I personally had them as, like, the 13 seed in the East. I thought they were going to have a down year after last year. I, obviously, they took a lot of flack for drafting Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs. Great call, Masai Ujiri, on that one. Great call. But yeah. this is a team that next year, you know, you get Scotty Barnes into year two. You maybe bring in another piece to, to round out the roster. Hopefully a center, let's be honest, because, yeah. because when you're in the Eastern Conference, you have to have one now. You're either going up against Bam, Embiid, Giannis basically plays center. Uh, so unless yeah. you play Boston, which Boston would have the sec- first and probably second best player in the series, that's a tough one for Toronto. So you have to have a center. And that, that if they address that, you get Scotty another year, they'll be fine. And I think it's just a testament to Nick Nurse. He's been a great coach for them. They, he took a lot of flack when they fired Dwayne Casey and replaced him with Nick Nurse. And then he goes on to win right. a title with Kawhi. And now we're, we consider him one of the better coaches.
1: Yeah, I I think you'd have to – if you can look me in the eyes and honestly say Nick Nurse is not a top five coach in the NBA, then I just – I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going on in your head. Like He's one of the best coaches in the league by far. He's proven that year in, year out. So, uh, Kenneth, I'm also glad you were able to save face for the whole
0: country of Canada. Well, I have to do Uh, that because, like, I have to live here at the end of the day. Like So, if if I don't want to go outside and then, you know, have someone help me with rocks or something –
1: can, yeah, Canadians listen to the podcast and they just start pelting your house with eggs.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like,
2: boo. Oh, what if we ever once had a listener from Canada? Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I'll listen in, yeah, so that's... I'll be your first listener. I'll there listen go. back. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, At yeah. the very
2: least, you'll fast forward to the points so where you know you're going to be speaking yeah. again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Kenneth more credit than that. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's that one series is pretty simple um Sixers and four or five that's pretty straightforward so let's move on to the Western Conference and the one versus eight series there the Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans last night game three that was a that was a good game and Chris Paul became point god back back to being the true point god he put up I think what a 16 point fourth quarter something like that like he had a fantastic fourth, a really just a great game in general. Uh, so now it's the Phoenix Suns up to one, but as we all know, Devin Booker out with again a hamstring injury, like we mentioned with Kyle Lowry before, and there already is an official timetable. He's out two to three weeks with the hamstring injury. Uh, but as we all know, hamstrings are just they're no joke, and even when they're healed, that I put that in. In quotes, because they, they're they not healed. It's, it's very hard for hamstrings to fully heal. They're such a finicky injury to have. So I think it's a legitimate worry that the Suns have moving forward about Devin Booker and that hamstring. Uh, but still, game through is close. Do either of you, and I'll start with you, Kenneth. Kenneth, do you think that the Pelicans can do what th- many thought was impossible? Can they upset the Phoenix Suns without Devin Booker?
0: I still think that it's possible. I mean, yeah, Phoenix wins last yeah. night by three, but look at what it took for them to win by three. You needed Ayton to get yeah. 28 and 17. You needed Chris Paul to be 28 and 14. You had Bridges have a really good game as well. And let's face it, when Devin Booker's out, that's their three best players. Now, are they capable of doing that for the next however many games it's going to take to get out of this series? Because Ingram played well. I think he had 30-plus, so did CJ at 30. And Valanchunas had a terrible night. Like, he was 6-11, I think, is what his line was. So not only did he play terribly offensively, he also got schooled by Aiton on the other end. So is Valanchunas going to play like that again? he's obviously not a difference maker where he's going to go drop like 30 points, but he's a guy that should play better than what he has. And it took Phoenix all of that just to win by three. So I still think that it's possible. I think that I still believe that Ingram's the best player in the series. I think Chris Paul had a great night. I think Aiton had a great night, but I believe that Ingram's the best player in this series. Now the way that he's been playing, The way that he's been playing, he is playing like the best player in the series. Just look at what he did in game two. Even last night, he had 34 and whatever. Like, he's been really good for them. So, I think it's possible. I'm not going to go and bet on (laughs) the Pelicans to win this series. But I do think that... Are you
1: sure? It's probably good odds. Oh, it's
0: it's great odds. I mean, I looked at it after game two. The Suns were still, like, minus 300 to win the series. That will go now to, like, minus 700, so you could get good odds on them yeah, to sure. Good series. But I like them to push them. I like them to push the Suns potentially to seven, because I think if they win the next game, I think they're just going to trade home court from here on out, and I see the Suns winning it in seven. But I think the Pelicans, this is huge for them that they're having a run like this. I know that it takes Booker getting injured. Right. But this goes a long way after everything that happened with Zion this year, not playing and his camp wanting him out and whatever else. like This shows that the Pelicans making that CJ trade. They have a lot moving forward that they can build around, even if Zion doesn't want to be a part of it. You could offload him and go and get <laughs> probably a pretty nice package if he doesn't want to be there. So I, I think they're going to push them.
1: Connor, what do you
2: think? I, yeah, I think there'll be another com- couple of competitive games in this series, but I don't know. I think the Suns are going to win this. And I, so, I mean, I think that Chris Paul is the best player in this series, as a, just so from that standpoint we have we're differing um, <laughs> well kenneth then, is a lakers
0: fan and so he probably oh has some d- d- don't bring up brandon in Ingram on the lakers like he's a real he probably has like some some probably has some like partiality <laughs> when he, to you mean when he left and he scored like four more points per game and they're like he's the most improved player in the league and it's like eh, not really <laughs> yeah that guy sure
2: <laughs> um so that's different and then the thing that i would say is but you're talking about uh You know, a bunch of players played well last night. Aiden played better than he probably should have. Ingram and McCollum still played well. Chris Paul played well. So, um, like, what if both. So, the other side of that is like, what if someone has a bad game? I just think the Suns are able to weather that storm much more than the Pelicans can. That if um, Ingram and McCollum play poorly, I think it just hurts them way more than. Like, Chris Paul is always going to have control of the offense. He might have a bad shooting day, but he can always run the offense to be well performing. And if Aiden has a bad game, like it doesn't seem to matter for the Suns. Like all of a sudden, Javale McGee comes in and gives you a great game. It's like it, whatever happens, it, the Suns somehow find a way to even it out, and then by the end, they still look pretty good um, all together. So, I just think the Suns' ability to overcome, um, you know, single player, two players having a, a bad night, uh, gives this. I think they have it in five. Ooh! I think they're gonna try. I think they're gonna try to make it really quick and uh, rest up. Yeah.
1: Ooh, five. I. Wow, I feel like... It's I'm only a... two games. Like yeah, 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 it yeah, sounds like, yeah. oh,
2: whoa, but it's like, oh, it just means the Suns the best team in NBA by far this year only to win two games versus a team that was originally the... 9 or 10 seed?
0: 9, I think, yeah. Uh, 9 seed. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, yeah. I think we can do that even without Booker.
1: I could just saying, I feel like I'm the mediator between two of y'all. Like, <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> that's what I feel. Uh, that I... I guess that's why I went to law school. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, I... I will go, I guess, in the middle of y'all. I'll keep it at, I'll go Suns and Six uh, because I do think without Devin Booker, and we, Connor and I, we've talked about this before, the whole thing about the Suns and how they have, they're a historically good regular season team. 64 wins in a regular season. Teams who have done that are basically guaranteed to win an NBA title. Like, just basically guaranteed. And I think the reason why we even have discussions about, the Bucks potentially being the, the true favorites to win the title or the Celtics or what have you, instead of the Suns, it's because you can make the argument that the Suns don't have that bona fide superstar guy, even though they won 64 games. Because I promise you, if the Lakers this season won 64 games, they were the best team in the whole NBA, and they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that we wouldn't even be having this discussion. We'd be like, oh, the Lakers, they're the favorites. Like, no question, hands down. We'll put all our chips in that basket. But since the Suns just don't have that guy, they don't have that bona fide superstar, that's why we're even questioning and even saying that other teams could be the true favorites to win the title. And that's the dilemma the Suns are facing, a similar dilemma the Heat are facing. And now the Suns don't have that guy one guy who you could even consider a top 10 player in the nba i mean devin booker is probably going to make second team or first team all nba whether or not you believe he is a top 10 guy in the league whatever but he's going to be first or second team all nba and by that metric he'll be a top 10 guy right by that metric top 10 guy in the nba so you can make the argument he is that guy chris paul might be a second team third team all nba guy so that's another guy so you have two top 10 top 15 players so by that logic the suns have that guy but it's like do they like my point is the sun's dilemma and why we even question if they are the true favorites to win the title it's the same thing for the heat and now the suns don't have devin booger for this series and the beginning of the next series the pelicans they've shown legitimate fight they have scorers which is huge they have length and they have scoring and though they they just don't have that. Jones Valanciunas is great, but he can't defend DeAndre Ayton. Uh, my key to this series for the Suns is Ayton. Chris Paul is going to be Chris Paul. We all know what we're going to get out of Chris Paul. He's, he's point guard for a reason. But my key for the Suns has always been, even before the Booker injury, DeAndre Ayton. He has to play like a lot of people think he can. He, I don't think he has to put up twenty-eight and fifteen, but he's got to put up twenty and ten on a consistent basis for the Suns to win this series I fully believe that with no Devin Booker Aiden has to put up 20-10 if he does that they win if they if he doesn't then I think the Pelicans have a legit chance because Valanciunas can't guard Aiden Valanciunas is not a interior defensive presence by any stretch of the imagination he played for the Grizzlies last season and just as a basketball fan we know that he's not an interior defender So Aiden has to, he has to take advantage of that. And if he does, Suns win this, probably in five. But if not, and I don't think he'll be that super consistent guy, because we haven't seen that level of consistency from DeAndre Aiden, then I, I think the Pelicans can push this to seven, six, but I still think the Suns eventually win this series. But for me, I think Aiden's the key. How do you all feel about that?
0: I think he's the key too. I mean, as you said, if he's 20 and 10, this series will be over in five, maybe six games. If he has a night, like a Jonas, maybe not as bad as a Valanchunas night, but maybe he only finishes with like 14 and 8, then then they're going to be in trouble because without Booker, then you're looking at guys down the bench like, okay, we need 15 from you tonight because we need you to pick up that scoring slack. That's where missing Booker, I think, hurts. And to your superstar point, yeah, people throw around when we talked about this, this week in the chat – The superstar conversation, people throw way too many names as superstars. Just because you're an all-star doesn't make you a superstar. Like, Booker might be top 10, but how many superstars are there truly in the NBA? Six to eight guys that you would say, "Yep, that guy's a superstar. And they usually have rings, they've got MVPs, they've got all that stuff. They've proven it for a long time. And Booker, yeah, he had that great year last year, and Chris Paul... Maybe five years ago, we would throw him in that superstar category just because of how consistently he's been a good point guard. But they don't have a superstar. They've got two good stars, but they don't have that like elite top five guy.
1: Yeah, and which is why, like I said, we have this discussion about the Suns that we're having with the Heat. It's why that they're not just put everything we own into this basket for betting on the Suns because I promise you like I said if this were LeBron James a LeBron James led team I promise you the whole and all of NBA Twitter all of all NBA analysts would be like all right they're the favorite let's just move on like they are the favorite they're probably gonna win let's just they're gonna do it but that's the Suns don't have that guy which is why it's a legitimate question for him uh but Connor what, what do you think about what I said about Aiden?
2: Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I That's just fine. Uh, I just don't. I think the That's Suns could have bad games with their good players, as long as Chris Paul is running the offense and everyone else is, uh, like people just step up on that team. And uh, I, I I mean I don't care for probably later series, but I don't care about the against the Pelicans. Just I know the Pelicans are a good story and they're playing better, but they're still a nine seed playing a historically good team. So, um, yeah. Suns in okay. five
0: all right
1: fair enough fair enough let's move on to the two versus seven series my beloved memphis grizzlies versus the minnesota timberwolves it is memphis 2-1 game four is tonight it's a late tip it's 7 p.m pacific so that's like, what 10 10 p.m eastern like that's a late tip off but either way uh i think there was a, a pretty damn good comeback in Game Three for the Memphis Grizzlies, they were down at one point twenty six points. Came <laughs> back from that. They were down by like twenty three. Came back from that, and they won the game. Uh, it's only two one, but I, I'll, I'll ask you, Connor. Uh, do you are you more confident in Memphis after that comeback, or are you less confident in Memphis after that comeback?
2: I, t- I don't know if that game really did any. Thing for me for okay. Memphis either way. Okay, um, I think I mean it goes to show you that the the team has a bunch of guys that that can really play. You know that was a, that was really a role player game that won that yeah. game for them. Yeah. Um, Ja Jaw creates a lot of attention when he's driving to the basket, so that opens up looks for people. But outside of that, Ja was bad. I thought. So, I agree. Outside of just creating attention, he great. He did do a really good job of that. Um, but I mean he was getting attacked on the defensive end and I don't know. So I think this was went to the show to show you that, uh, um, they can weather the storm too, the same way that the Suns can when a top guy doesn't have a great game. And that's just a huge luxury. It's not necessary in the playoffs, but it's a huge luxury to have that you can do that. Um, and so that is good. The other side that is still just like, how do you, so even if you win that game, it still means that two different points of the game you gave, you went down 25 points versus the Timberwolves, so that's yeah. So not matter how you look at it, you can look at it really well or really poorly. So um, good fight shows the role players can play well. The scary part is that for the Grizzlies, once again, if you're a two seed, you, your your expectation is to make it past the first round, and if you do that versus the Warriors, I don't think you're you're not coming back in that game. So um, that part scares me. So I, I don't think anything's really changed for me. Um, I'm still kind of in a all right. 1st i second, yeah, let's make sure they win this series. But I really, we're gonna learn a lot more about them in round two than right now.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll respond to that. Then I'll go to you, Kenneth. I, 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 feel, I feel the same way, honestly, as you. I don't think it proved to me that all right, Memphis is now the they're gonna run away, they're gonna win the next two games and win this series in five. I, I think uh, what, if Memphis wins game four tonight, I do think they win in five. I think they go home in the grindhouse. They play whoop that trick with like two minutes left in the fourth (laughs) and they win like i'm very confident that but if they lose game four then it's again as we know it's two two and i think this goes seven games if they lose game four because it'll be it'll show memphis it'll also show really the country that minnesota has learned from that debilitating collapse in game three Mm -hmm. just giving up two 20 plus point leads in a game that is heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking and if they can win Game Four off the back of that just breakdown, then that proves a lot to them and to Memphis that hey, like we're still here. Like we didn't just lie down. We took y'all's we took y'all's like haymaker punches, and we're still here. And if that happens, I think this goes seven. I'm still gonna pick the Grizzlies in in those seven games, but I think it goes seven. If they don't, if the Wolves don't win tonight, uh, then Grizzlies in five. The key for me uh, for the Grizzlies is Jaron Jackson Jr. He has been, how do I put this lightly, bad. Like, <laughs> he's been bad. And he's not shot the ball well from three at all. Yeah, he's still averaging decent amount of blocks and decent amount of boards, but he's averaging, like, 10 points a game. Like, if that, he's not scoring the ball at all. He's not scoring the ball inside or outside. And if he's not making threes, then Ja Morant has no space to operate in the paint. No space. No matter if Desmond Baines making threes, if Jaron's not being able to space the floor and defenses just treat Jaron Jackson Jr. like he's Andre Drummond, then that's a massive problem for John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies because Ja doesn't have that space to operate in the paint to either finish at the rim or to dish out to, to open looks. Because if there's no floor spacing, Minnesota just, as y'all y'all have seen, they just collapse on Ja and their active hands and long arms just forced a lot of turnovers. Jaw had seven turnovers last game, and they were all from Jaw Morant driving into the teeth of Minnesota's defense, and Minnesota just having active hands, playing the ball, and just ripping it from them because that, that's what they do. So if Sharon Jackson Jr. does not step up and, act, and start to hit threes on a consistent basis and just become more of a scoring threat, then Memphis is not just in trouble for this series, but... I don't think they have a shot against Golden State. Like no chance against Golden State if Jaron Jackson Jr. is not the guy they just gave a twenty million dollar extension to for the next four years. So that that's the key for me. Uh Kenneth, how do you feel about the Grizzlies in this series and potentially moving forward?
0: Is it bad that I don't care who wins the series because I feel like it doesn't matter who wins the series? Because they're playing no, I don't Golden think it's State. Bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, okay. but but the, yeah. I'll I'll explain it like that's this fair. because to me, like Memphis outside of Jaw, like I just have question marks all the time because I don't know who's going to be that other guy. And you talk about like Jaron yeah. Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain will have good nights. Dylan Brooks will have good nights. So will Brandon Clark. They don't have that second guy that I like look at. And I look at a lot of these other teams in the Western Conference, and it's like I know who their second guy is. And I still don't know who truly Memphis' second guy is. When it comes to Minnesota, I just think they're a mental disaster. Like, I, like <laughs> I don't think that they know what they are because you've got Beverly, who's trying to be this dog and going out there and, like, doing, like, the little, oh, whatever. And then they, the, and then the they have him come back. On, but, he
1: scores on John but
0: then you've got Karl-Anthony Towns, who can look like the best center in the league sometimes. And then you look at him last game and you're like, where is Karl-Anthony Towns? and the yeah. the only consistent guy in this series really has been anthony edwards i think he's been great pretty much the entire series so to me no matter who wins this series i just don't like them next round like i think memphis will get it done just because as i said minnesota's a mental disaster like i think when you blow two leads <laughs> in the same game I don't, kn- I don't know i don't know how you then bounce back and believe yeah. that you can win this series and right. I think I think Memphis is going to win today, and I think they're going to go back and close it out in five. But I'm still not sold on Memphis. I'm just more so like, man, Minnesota. They need like they need a culture because they don't have it. And it's great that they got to the postseason, but there's a reason that they're the seven seed despite having the top end talent that they have. And I think it's just a bit of inexperience, maybe a bit of its immaturity. Maybe they just need some veteran guys in that locker room to come in and and get them to be more consistent or whatever it is. But I I just don't love either of these teams. I know Memphis is the two. I think that they were built perfectly for the regular season because they have so many guys that can give it any given night. But I just don't like either of them moving forward after this.
1: Do you know the saying, fake it till you make it? Yeah. Right? You don't know that saying? In the NBA you can't fake it you you cannot fake anything in the nba you are who you are and no one knows what minnesota is like that's the issue like no one knows who they are they don't even know who they are but they're
0: trying to fake like this big tough greedy team
1: but really they're not there's not (laughs) that that other guy
0: on that team that you're like wow like i wouldn't want to mess with that guy like who's that guy on minnesota (laughs) <laughs> nobody yeah so, so like, you got beverly uh, out that's... there flexing and stuff and it's like man if somebody goes after beverly no one is i, I like
2: him. the uh the guy that um uh he got that he got a flagrant one against him someone got him in the face with an elbow Uh-oh. um vanderbilt blank what was it jared vanderbilt I think it's oh vanderbilt i actually yeah. thought that he watching him he's been pretty tough i think i think actually i've liked watching him play um but yeah, no, you they're can't have. They're a team that plays with Towns. finesse,
0: like like because even Towns, like he doesn't like to get like really down and dirty in the post. Well,
2: well, the well the issue is that it's not even necessarily that they're that much of a finesse team. Is that Carly Towns so far in this playoffs hasn't figured out when finesse works and when you play <laughs> and then when you play Like he's made yeah. the wrong decision every time. It's only two of the games, two out of the four games. He's put up absolutely just absolute stinkers. That it's this. I mean. I, Thank God, none of us are Timberwolves fans because that would have just been,
0: would have oh, been awful. We, we, yeah. we, we know one of those fans, and and they've yeah, been having, God. they've been on a roller coaster of emotions over this series. Yeah, and, but
1: and I'm you know I'm trying to I keep I keep like messaging. We've talked a little bit about it, and like I try to be respectful, but I just I felt bad for him. Like I kind of felt bad for Rob because he yeah. like to be on the other end of that is oh man. But
2: but this I, uh, same thing. I have a group chat with some basketball friends. One was a Timberwolves fan, and he was really active up until that game. We haven't heard from him. Yeah. It's amazing how they just go into witness protection after talking some smack,
0: right? This is huge though for Memphis growth wise, because getting that first playoff series win under your belt will just be huge for For the development of guys later on. You didn't want to be the two seed and then you get bounced because then you feel like no matter what you do next year, there's going to be question marks surrounding you and what you're doing. At least if you get out of the first round, you lose to golden state they're gonna be like well it was golden state like what are you gonna do you ran into a buzzsaw
1: yeah yeah, right, yeah. Well,
2: should we should we get predictions and then go to go on to that golden state
0: uh
1: yeah well oh. one, one, one quick yeah. thing i want to say the, the the fear that you just mentioned kenneth about being the two seed and getting bounced first round was always my biggest fear about this team because they're so young they're so hungry there was so much hype behind this team just nationally, they're finally a, a national team, which is awesome for me to see as a as a as a Memphis guy through and through, born and raised Memphian. It's awesome to see Memphis on a national stage. Is that what and
0: it's pronounced? And then for them to be on the Memphian? national stage. Yeah, Memphian. I, I had yeah. no idea that's what it yeah. was. Interesting. Like Canadian. Yeah. Memphian. Canadian.
2: Like would a, you, how would you have done yeah, it? How would, yeah, how, how would you, would you have I've never
0: really given it any thought. It's just it it hears weird like, like it just I don't know, it's weird to me. But it sounds yeah. like Canadian I know, I, Canadian. I don't American. know what I thought it was, but it just it threw me <laughs> off of <Memphis>. a <laughs> bit. But
1: either way, to see Memphis on the national stage and then for them to finally be on it and then to lose to the seventh seed on that national stage, that would have made me as just a fan of my city, of my team, just so sad. Like would have just made me very sad to see that happen. So I really I really hope that they take control, they win game four. And they win this in five. But yeah, to, to respond fully to your other point, Kenneth, about that second guy, that's why I mentioned about Triple J. He has to be that second guy. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He has to be it. Desmond Bain is great. But Jaron Jackson Jr. has to be that second guy. And over the past three games, he has not. He hasn't been even close to being that second guy. It's been Desmond Bain or it's been uh, Brandon Clark off the bench. Tyus Jones has been a more of a team effort. But for them to really make noise in these playoffs, it's got to be Triple J. Uh, So yeah, all right. Prediction wise, yeah, I'm gonna go Grizzlies in five. I think they win tonight and they close it in five. Kenneth, what do you what do you think?
0: Uh, I'm gonna go Grizzlies in five. And after Connor gives his prediction, I just wanted to break some news as well on here. Ooh, okay.
2: Uh, Grizzlies in six.
0: Okay, go ahead, Kenneth. I think the Timberwolves have. Scotty Barnes was announced as rookie of the year.
2: Ooh. Okay. So okay. Interesting.
0: I think the Mobley thing yeah. is time missed, and I think Cade just started so poorly, and the shooting numbers yeah. weren't great, despite how great yeah, he was down Scottie. the stretch.
1: Yeah, Scotty was the most consistent and
2: guy. At, yeah, but yeah, it's tough. I I because I, I think I liked Mobley watching him the most, like certain times this year, but. Uh, Cade though had to do so was asked yeah. to do so much on that Pistons team. Also true.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. tough when like yeah, all that, of your starting lineup is tough. like 22 years old. Like <laughs> it's just yeah yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: and and possibly not real. NBA <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still not convinced because they could be, yeah. but is it just
0: they're getting minutes because they're in Detroit? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: That's 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 very true. Well, congrats Scotty Barnes. Congrats to him for winning Rookie of the Year. All right, let's move on to the three versus six matchup. The Golden State Warriors versus Nikola Jokic, and it is 3 0 Warriors. Um, Again, should we just say congratulations to the Warriors for beating Nikola Jokic and friends? Like, it's over, right? Like, this series, right? Do we need to talk too much detail about it?
2: That Nuggets roster is so bad, (laughs) it is (laughs) so shockingly inept and i know they're missing their next two best guys but um i don't know it's, it's just a it's just a bad team and uh, uh jokic is going to be so re- he has to be relieved when the season's over it's to go go home and have a break he's just yeah, he'll done take his MVP so much and just go ride horses
0: he's yeah. done so much and i don't want this series to this is why i hate how long it takes them to announce mvp <sighs> because i just don't want God, this at, yep. i don't want this to be an indictment on jokic because like, l- yes. look at last game. He was, like, 36-18. and 18. Like, yeah, yeah, they lost the game, but are we really sitting there saying, like, wow, Jokic can't get it done in the playoffs? Like, what are we even yeah. talking about? <laughs> He's 36-18. and yeah. 18.
1: Do yeah. people forget when they played the Blazers? It was two years ago, and they played the Blazers in, like, four. No, no, no. When they had that, like, four overtime game uh, against that Was, last last year. was year. that last yeah. year? Okay, sorry. That was okay, never year, mind. Yeah. Last year then. When he put up like fifty and twenty something, like he was just unbelievable, exhausted after all four overtimes or however many overtimes it was, like the this is I'm totally with you, Kenneth, and I <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was gonna bring this up because it's just gonna make me angry, but I absolutely hate hate the narrative that oh Jokic will this tarnish Jokic's MVP if he they get swept by the Warriors. No, it's a rec- a it's a regular season award. B should it not be a regular season award? That's a different That's a different discussion. But it is a regular season award, and Jokic for the regular season was the MVP. Just like I, I, I hate that this is now becoming a narrative because it's to me it's dumb. Sorry, I'll get off all the stuff. And,
2: and if the award does, yeah, if the award is just like a who's the best single player in the NBA thing. If it's not just a, it's I mean, do we even can we even. uh is there even more than 10 MVPs in the NBA history? Because I've been LeBron for 15 years straight, but an MJ for 10 years straight would have been like, you yeah. know, <laughs> like there's not that many guys that would ever even win an MVP. But um, yeah. Uh, other thing is, I just want to bring up to you guys. So, Kenneth, you're really now like Warriors uh, aren't just winning this series. They got the next one locked down no matter what happens. Um, so, did, did you learn anything from this series or was it just that? All, like, coming coming into the playoffs, you thought, no, the Warriors are just clearly better than their first two-round matchups. Yeah,
0: I just think that the draw worked out really well for them. Like, Jokic, to me, he could do whatever he wanted. Like, he could average 40 and 20, and I still didn't think that it would matter because Golden State just has the depth and they still have star power. And, like, Jordan Poole's playing like the Warriors' best player. Steph is still their best player, but just the way that he's playing currently has been great. And they just have so much scoring, and their defense has been good. Um, And then I just looked at the fact that, well, when they win, then they're going to get the Grizzlies or Timberwolves inexperienced teams despite the fact that they have talent. And so I just think the Warriors had the championship DNA, even though it's a couple years removed from there. they are teams that have been through these tough series, and I felt like if they got into one even in the next round that they'd be able to pull it out. Um, And then the Booker injury, like to me it was Phoenix and – Phoenix and Golden State, like, those were the two teams. The Booker injury throws a little bit of doubt now, depending how much time he's going to miss. But to me, it just worked out well for the Warriors. And it's because they had guys like Jordan Poole emerge this year. Because heading into the year, it was, Mm -hmm. well, when Clay comes back, we're only talking about Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Can they be those three again? And they haven't even needed Clay to be Clay because Pool has stepped up and been so good. It's just an added bonus for them.
2: the The one thing that scares me right now is that, I'm gonna I I'm kind of agreeing with you in the first part that that this series isn't doing anything for my Warriors thoughts going forward. They're just another team that I'm like let's see what happens next round, how they look against a better team, better competition. But um, the one thing that's kind of scaring me is what defensively what do the warriors look like against a team that has good guards um because you're gonna have Steph Clay and Poole and I just don't know like you guys might know the answer to this but I, I just uh, don't know enough about like is Poole a good defender or is he is he just an offensive guy and if he's not a good defender then they're gonna have a three-guard lineups sort where of another guards right now because I'm, I do not think Clay's back to so his defensive prowess, right?
0: No, he's not what he's he has no. been in the past. Yeah. I don't think Pool. He's not a liability defensively. He's also not a lockdown defender. Like to me, he's kind of just like league average on the defensive side.
2: Yeah,
1: and we know like with the Golden State in their defense, they're a team defense. Like they they fly around. They rotate perfectly. Draymond's that anchor of the defense who tells people where to be before the offensive player knows where they're going to be. So I. I I don't really worry about Golden State's defense if they have Draymond Green as the anchor, because it's I just yeah, it's not a big concern for me.
2: Okay.
0: And and that Warriors yeah, that, lineup yeah, that they've yeah. been running, uh, where they go small, Draymond at the five, and then they go Wiggins, Clay, Steph, and Poole. They said like the offensive and defensive rating of that five together has just been outstanding. So other world And, and well, I and yeah, I know it's yeah. Denver. So like it's gonna yeah, look yeah, very yeah, yeah. good against a team like Denver, but still. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I
1: do you all think Nuggets can they pull off a game or are we just gonna go Warriors in four?
2: Yeah, I'll I'll give the Nuggets a game. They win they win the next one. I'm I'm giving 15, the Nuggets 25. a game because
0: <laughs> I want them to win a game, not because I believe yeah, they're I, I, I agree. Because if at least if he loses in five then he could say, Well, I still got a game out yeah. of this like Right, <laughs> out of this absolute disaster for of sure. a roster that we have.
1: For sure, yeah. I I want the Nuggets to win a game. I want Jokic to put up fifty and twenty five with like ten like ten or fifteen assists and just just have have his hey, all you haters out there, shut the hell up moment. I want that. I want that for Jokic in in, in these playoffs. Uh, but so I don't think it'll happen. <laughs> I don't think. Don't I, think Denver wins a game. Uh one, so. one
2: thing I would love to see is round two if it turns out. You know, does it look like it's probably going to of Grizz Warriors? I cannot wait to see uh the smack talk with Draymond and the Grizzlies Ooh. guys. Of just like I mean, because the Grizzlies are the whole what's the what's their phrase, Francis?
1: Uh, it's a lot. I it's mean the, the smoke, know, the smoke yeah, one. We want all the smoke, you know, yeah. right up the chimney. We want all that smoke. And
2: and now they're gonna now they're gonna go up against like the number one playoff just like intensity winner like smack talk here i come and you can't do anything about it because yeah. you know i'm showing every single one of you guys down sort of guys so um yeah i'm just Grizzly, excited to see that
1: if grizzlies warriors happens which it's more so if they can get past minnesota then that'll be phenomenal and it'll be fun for yeah. me because being out in san diego there's a bunch of warriors fans here in san diego tons like even when i was watching uh, yeah. the even when i was watching the grizzlies game at at a bar on thursday there were warriors fans getting dinner watching like the grizzlies game before the warriors game which was next and they were, like, watching me cheer and be just an absolutely obnoxious, celebratory human. And after the game, I went up there and I was like, hey, just so you know, like, I'm a legit Grizzlies fan, which is why I was cheering. Uh, I think y'all are Warriors fans because they all had Warriors jerseys on. And I was like, hopefully we we'll see y'all in the next round. And they are like, well, you got to get there first. Oh, blah, blah. You got to get to the next round first. I'm like, <laughs> shut up. We'll see in the next round. Like, stop it. Like, we'll see. Y'all are playing nobody. Like, you're playing Nikola Jokic and... Just a, a team of like whatever players. So like, don't get too cocky. Y'all are still very good, but it'll make me very happy to go to bars. And if Memphis beats Golden State next round, I will be no. I'll be unstoppable. You're gonna be insufferable. I, I yeah, exactly. I will be understandably sufferable be too, because no yeah, one will
0: yeah, exactly. give you a yeah. chance at the series.
1: Nobody. And yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk to we'll talk about it when we get to that point. But let's move on to the last last series uh, that we will be discussing. Four or five matchup. The Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks without Luka Doncic are up to one on the Utah Jazz. Gentlemen, what is wrong with Utah? What is happening? Do they just I've heard them described as two like two parents who are only staying together for their kid, but they want to divorce really bad, but they're just staying together as long as they can for their child. Like they I feel like once this season's over, if slash when the Jazz lose this series, they're done. Like they're someone's getting traded. This roster's over. What what has been to you all the issue with Utah and why they can't beat Dallas without Luka Doncic?
2: Because they can't defend any guard. There you go. The history of basketball. Yep. I mean, the, the, yep. It's, it's for all this stuff. I mean maybe it's not that true. Like, you know, maybe Donovan Mitchell doesn't like these scuffles about him thinking, you know, he should be getting more attention and all these things and, uh, or just media things. And he's actually loved in the locker room, you know, who knows, but the, uh, if it is true that he's like, if he really wants to be that guy, he has to play defense and it's, maybe he's just not, maybe he just doesn't, for whatever reason, just doesn't have it in him. And maybe it's not completely fair to say this to Donovan Mitchell because a lot of guards aren't. Good defenders, you know, Trey, Steph, Ja, like a lot of the top NBA guards aren't guys that, you know, they make money on defense. So, um, watch we think the same with Donovan Mitchell, but but he's not a creator like those guys are. Yeah. And he just looks like he should be playing defense. Like it doesn't make sense why he isn't good at defense. Agreed. So um maybe it's unfair that just because it looks like he should be better at defense that he's not, that we're harsher on it. But uh to let Jalen Brunson do what he's doing is uh I mean, good for Jalen Brunson, but also kind of inexcusable for the Jazz. Um, yeah.
1: I I just looked this up, but I did not know this until right now. Donovan Mitchell's wingspan is six ten. He's like what six two, six three, six. Like he's, he's got like a lower, huge wingspan, yeah. but he has a massive wingspan, and he's uber athletic with super quick feet. How is he not a better? And very, strong. very strong. Yeah, and very strong. You know, it's like how how is this guy? Not a better defender, and honestly, it's effort like defense. A lot of that is effort, and maybe he doesn't understand where to position himself. But at this point in your NBA career, how do you not understand that? How do you not understand? I just don't, it, it's mind boggling how he's not a better defender. And I, I think you hit the, the uh, damn it, I get this phrase wrong every single time. Is it nail uh, on the head. He, nail the head? Come on, Francis, <laughs> you can do this, you can say the phrase <laughs> nail on the head. Uh, you, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. That they just can't guard anybody on the perimeter, and they're just they're putting Rudy Gobert, uh, forcing him to guard like Maxi Kleba, who's just staying out there ready to catch and shoot in a corner three. And so they either get a layup at the rim or a corner three from Maxi Kleba. Like that's that's really it, and it's just pick your poison for the Utah Jazz defense. And and,
2: and a lot of people keep going, oh, Rudy Gobert gets played off the court because. Uh, he can't pe- guard people in the perimeter. He's not bad at guard people in the perimeter. It's that he has to come into the paint every possession because other yeah. guards are driving and no one's there. And then they pass yeah. it out to the guy that Gobert's guarding and then they that guy gets an open look. It's like yeah, yeah okay. Obviously Gobert isn't like Draymond where he's gonna be like going to switch all like that you stuff. know, flying around guy, but uh like he's just coming in because otherwise it's a it's a layup. So uh yeah, it's tough to watch. Tough to watch.
0: Yeah. What do you think, Kenneth? I don't think it's even just Mitchell. Like, like look at some of their other guards, like Conley. Yeah,
2: yeah it's Conley. not just Mitchell, yeah, yeah, yeah. but Mitchell's just, just Mitchell. like, like yeah, yeah. Supposed to be the face of a team. Clarkson. So,
0: okay. I don't know if Jordan Clarkson's right. ever played a defensive possession in his career because all he's worried <laughs> about is who's going to get me the ball so I can go and shoot six of 12 today. Like, that's what he's – that's what he does. Hey, that's pretty good though. Well, six, eight. Yeah, he thinks he's going to shoot <laughs> six for 12, and then he's three, of course. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm but, messing with
1: you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't want to harp on like Joe Angles being this big difference maker, but like getting rid of him, hey. I feel like he did yeah. such a good job for them of just helping with rotations. like Because he's. Everyone talks about how he talks a lot of trash, but he also talks a lot on the defensive side of things. And I think that's missing for them. Like Bogdanovich isn't a talker. He kind of just goes about his business. He's not a terrible defender. He's not a great defender. He's league average. He'll go and get you some points. But yeah, the only team that was worse at guarding the perimeter this year was the Lakers. And it's because they have guys like Malik Monk. And that's the equivalent on Utah. Like that's right. Malik Monk is just shorter Jordan Clarkson. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so you you look at, you just look at Utah and like, I'm curious. Do you guys know how many shot attempts Rudy Gobert's had in this series? Total.
2: All right, so three games in, I'm gonna say he's got thirteen.
0: Francis, what do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm I, I'm gonna guess he's had eight. He's had twelve field goal attempts. Twelve. Nice. Good yeah. job, Connor. So, Thank you. so a guy That's that a averages. 15 a game in the regular season. For a guy that's apparently so inept on offense, he's attempted 12 shots. And he hasn't been that bad. He's 8 of 12. So he's actually shot it well when he's had opportunities. The breakdown between him and Donovan of just outright refusing to use him in a series on the offensive side of things. Like, he could give you 15 just being around the rim. But they're not even giving him that opportunity. And they're making him look like He's not doing anything, but they're not passing him the ball at all on offense. It's just Donovan going iso or Clarkson going iso. They might swing it around a little bit to hit like Connolly or Bogdanovich for a shot, but this team, it's just a complete breakdown in communication between stars, between whatever it is. They can't defend on the perimeter. Like People were talking about Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year, and Utah would like... They were 11th in defensive rating this year, which is a very down year for Utah. And I know it's not Rudy's fault because Rudy plays good individual defense, but the overall team doesn't. So he's having to make up for a lot of it. Like as Connor said, people are talking about him getting played off the floor. Well, if you guys would actually cover anybody, then he wouldn't have to keep <laughs> trying to bail yeah. you out of everything. So yep, I, I just... And the other thing too, it got announced this morning that Luka's going to play a limited possibly game four today. So you're heading into Ooh. a game four today with Luka playing probably 15 minutes. Like, I don't think that they're going to try and rush him back super quick, but they're making Jalen Brunson look like he's Kyrie Irving. Like he's had 41 and exactly. 31. Yeah. Like you can't cover Jalen Brunson. Like <laughs> JJ Redick made a good point about it. It's like Jalen Brunson probably hasn't scored 41 points in high school, and he may not have scored 41 points in high school because that's not even his game. His game is like 15 to 20. He's going to get you some assists like he's just a steady guard. That's what he did at Villanova. That's what he's doing with Dallas. And they're making him look like he's a superstar. Like like How bad does your defense have to be to have Jalen Brunson be torching you like that? And Dallas got a complete team effort in Game Three. There was like seven guys who had like twelve or more points. Like it was just all around great shooting day for them. But when you can't cover Brunson, you can't cover Dinwiddie. Like, what do you think is going to happen if Luca comes back and plays even fifteen minutes today? He's going to make you guys look foolish.
2: Yeah, and J- Jalen and Brunson. To- go ahead, Connor. I was going to say on top of this, it's not like uh, so. Jalen Brunson did have a good shooting game from three in Game Two. The last game, he still had scored 31 points and he didn't have any threes. And Dinwiddie's had three threes all series. So it's not like, okay, it's a space it out, pass, 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 guys open in the corner, guys open on top of the key, shot you know goes in. It's their driving every play. Yeah. <laughs> How, they're getting beat. They're beating their defenders every time to the basket. It's, every it's time. unbelievable. Um, and something that unfortunately Francis and I will have to admit because we're huge, my Conley fans, is that on both sides, It kind of goes into the part of like why Gobert's not getting many looks is that Conley's their creator for others in that team, and if Conley's not, uh, it just hasn't had a go one um, on that side of the ball or on the defensive side. So it's been a bad series for him, and that's that's hurting a lot of guys. But yeah, just the the fact that uh, it's not even really threes that are killing them from the opposing guards attacked every time, every time,
1: every time. Two things. Two things I want to say. The first thing is about the Joe Ingles thing. So obviously we know that they traded joe ingles for uh alexander walker and joe ingles towards acl and i think uh january-ish so the jazz i think theoretically we're thinking we're training a guy who is not going to play for us this year and we really we need to do well we need to at least make it to the second round of the playoffs we need somebody so that's why they got Nikhil alexander walker but Nikhil's not even really playing like he's he's been providing just nothing for the utah jazz so now they're that not only are they getting nothing from joe ingles because he's hurt so they traded him they're now getting nothing from the guy that they traded for like nothing so it's like what 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 are they doing what, what was their thought process here and so that that's one really bad thing for the jazz the other thing jalen brunson's probably made himself
0: like what, eighteen he's plus get million paid dollars? This like he was
1: already, yeah. He's gonna get. He's
0: paid. gonna get like he's gonna 80. get paid. He's gonna get something crazy yeah. like that. And like I like Bronson. He's gonna but get paid twenty million. Yeah. That's, yeah.
2: Mark Mark Cuban is probably so confused on how to feel watching these playoffs <laughs> right now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, that's so true. He's gonna get paid by somebody some way. He's gonna get paid. So good for good for Jalen Brunson, I guess. All right. So those are all. The first round of matchups. We're going to close out with NBA Finals predictions, and that'll be the last thing we talk Wait, about. We, go ahead. Did
2: we say the prediction for that series?
1: Oh, well, I I think we're. Oh, I guess not. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Thank you, Connor. Um, I'm gonna go
0: Dallas in, Dallas in five. Dallas, in five. Now that Luca's playing at all. Yeah,
2: I I just I don't. It's weird to me that Luca's even ever going to try. Him. I feel like I would have put Luca as a take game four off, have a couple more days, and if we're at 2-2, we're happy winning two of three with you back. Um, but I'm going to go Dallas and six. I, I thought okay. that they yeah. shouldn't have okay. even
0: played him at all this series. Even yeah, even if I, you're in trouble, to, yeah. why would you risk the long term for this series? And I, I, th- I thought they yeah. could win without him. So if you advance out of the first round, then you bring him back after an additional week to heal up, but boy... <laughs> The Jazz are making them look Uh, pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: for real, for real. All right, so those are our predictions for that series. Let's go to NBA Finals predictions. Now, remember, gentlemen, these are set in stone predictions. You can't change them. You can't go back. You are now locked in to these predictions. I'll start with our guest, Kenneth. NBA Finals predictions. Who's winning the East? Who's winning the West? And who's going to win it
0: all? I am... Out West taking Golden State. Um, I liked Phoenix a lot until the Booker injury. I think even if he comes back, hamstrings, that's that's just not an injury that you want on the guard side of things. And I'm sticking by my future bet, and I'm keeping it with the Bucs. I think they're going to close out the series quickly. I hope then that the Nets can at least push it a little bit longer with Boston to tire them out a bit. But I think whoever wins out of that Boston Milwaukee series, I, I would think would win the East. I'll roll with the Bucks just because of Giannis.
1: And you're sticking with them to win the NBA title, the Bucks
0: to win the title over Golden State.
1: Okay. Okay. Connor, what about you?
2: All right. I'm going to go out of the East, go with my Celtics. <laughs> Shocker. No <laughs> and way. And <laughs> out of the West. I mean, if the Wizards were the playoffs this year. Oh, your my God. But, Remember
1: uh, when they were, like, the, the second seed in the East and you were like,
2: wow, look know. at us, Wizards. And what now glorious I, I I used to do, like,
0: <laughs> NBA power rankings. And at the time when they were the second seed, I had Washington as, like, sixth in the power rankings. And I got killed over yeah. it. And I'm like, well, they're not going to stay <laughs> there long. Like, So, <laughs> so why am I going to put them second just to drop them to 15th anyways? I might as well just... Temper
2: yeah. expectations. <laughs> I got no comment. Um, it, really, it really went downhill. Um, and then for the West. Uh, I might just, maybe I just go wild card on this, make it interesting. No, you're not. And um, I am. So here's my here's what I just want to say. I, in my heart of hearts, I think probably I still will say the Suns are coming out. Um, like if I had to pick any one team to win a title, it's still the Suns. But um, you know the the Booker injury going forward makes things interesting. That if he misses round two, and Luka's back, mm. oh. I'm, oh, I got Mavs in the finals. I got oh. Celtics Mavs now. I like it. How do you like that? Yes, I and love I it. Got, uh, and I'll, I'll it be all. honest so, yes.
0: so I was looking because I do a betting podcast with sports and I was looking at like to get to the West Finals and to win it Dallas was like 8-1 to one right now and I think that's a great bet given the Booker injury and then the fact that I think they're going to yeah. win this series because you could even hedge out if it's Golden State and you still make some money off of it but I just think Dallas is a nice looking one right now
2: Because mm. I gotta say that I feel comfortable saying that Luke is healthy, I feel fairly comfortable right now saying he's the best player in the Western Conference. So, if you believe in the best player win series mm. things, if teams are rather equal and Booker's especially out, and then you know we'll see how much Memphis and Golden State beat up on each other. That yeah, I'm feeling alright with this. Ooh. Oh talking oh about, I love I'm talking it. myself into it. The more I yeah, I know I know, I know you. Are. I can <laughs> see it in
1: your face. I can see in your eyes, Connor. I love it. I uh, will. I will go with what Kenneth said. I'm going to stick with Golden State. I think they're for real. I think they beat Memphis in, this, in the next round, and I think they beat they beat Phoenix. So, yeah, I'm going to go Golden State out the west, and I'm also going to go Bucs, and I'm going to pick the Bucks. Like, I told this to Connor before, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, I'm going to go Bucks over Warriors, and part of that is because it would make me so damn happy to see Giannis go back-to-back, and for him to supplant that status as the best player in the nba uh or at least top three at the very worst he already is i think that status is supplanted but there would be no argument against Giannis at all and i think you can even continue, you can start to build that that all-time argument for Giannis too is he the best foreign player of all time i think yes but if he wins back to back and he gets another another finals mvp then no question he's the best foreign player of all time then we can start where do we rank Giannis of all time? Like I, I like to have that discussion for Giannis because I'm such a big fan of his and his story, what, where he's come from, what he stands for, the type of person he is. I'm a big Giannis guy, and I want him and the Bucks to win an NBA title for the second year in a row. So I'm going to go Bucks over the Warriors. And those are our finals predictions, and that's our podcast. Kenneth, thank you so much, dude, for coming on the show where can the people find you? What you got going on? The floor is yours. Yeah, you can. F-
2: <laughs> it's like the end of hot ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what
0: it's like. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on that all camera, social platforms. That platform. camera. <laughs> uh, you can yeah. follow me on all social platforms at Comp Hedge Pod. Uh, we do a daily show, eight AM Eastern Time.
2: Wait, can you say? It? Can you say that again? Comp
0: Hedge Pod. It's the competitive hedge podcast. How, how do you- so, uh, okay. we just recently, as of a couple of days ago, started going to daily shows uh 8 a.m eastern time on weekdays 10 a.m eastern time on the weekends we break down the latest in and whatever news it is and then we go into betting lines to monitor we talk about parlays all that stuff so uh go and check out uh that show daily uh comp hedge pod on all social media platforms and guys thanks so much for having me on this was a ton of fun to chat some hoops with you
1: yeah, Kenneth. Thank you so much, man. Uh, I'm sorry about Manchester United getting rocked <laughs> oh, by Arsenal, yeah. just like how Chelsea yeah. got Chelsea got rocked by Arsenal too. So I can't, you know, I can't talk too much crap. Uh, so I, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, give a little Premier League dig to to my to my rival there. Uh, but everyone, thanks for listening. Do not forget to like our podcast give us five stars leave us a review you can find us really anywhere podcasts are found apple podcast spotify whatever and until next time peace
0: cool days hot tops when my blue
2: face ice pops i'ma make a shoot lace necklace yeah we whipping pop so lexas and i'm skipping school days mic drops eyes on summer like cyclops yeah we fall then off the sidewalk Mama wants a home